thanks so much to those who have been leading us in our praise of God today. Some of you here today will be of the generation that you can well remember this guy on the screen here. John McEnroe, he was the bad boy of tennis back in the late 1970s all the way through the 1980s. And I'm sure that when you hear the name John McEnroe, if you grew up in that time, there's actually a phrase that you can think of straight away in your, your head. I can at this moment hear him shout it out. There were lots of things that he shouted that you couldn't possibly say in church, but there was one particular thing. There was a moment when McEnroe, absolutely raging with the umpire, wanting the umpire to overturn a decision, and the umpire refused to do it. He said, and I'm not going to try and do the accent, you cannot be serious. Well, all the way through 1 Samuel chapter 17, we read people who meet with David and their reaction to David when he tells them what he intends to do is, David, you cannot be serious. No way. Today, we are continuing to think together about David, who the Lord said, was a man after his own heart. That means that David had a heart for God. It really means that David shared the Lord's outlook, and that makes David someone who it is well worth thinking about here in church together. And we know that while David was a great hero, while he was that man with a heart for God, so often he got it wrong. And so often, he lived through struggles in his life. And as we take time to think about David over the coming months, we always want to keep an eye on what still lay ahead. We want to have our focus on an even greater king who would descend from David, King Jesus. You'll hear a lot about Jesus all the way through this time looking at David. So, today, look with me again, please, at 1 Samuel chapter 17, as we meet with David, the hero. And there's one big truth that comes out of this passage today. It's a biblical truth that we need to keep in mind in the midst of all of our weakness in our lives, whether that weakness is physical or spiritual or whatever else. And that is that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. God's power is best displayed in the lives of people who are completely dependent upon Him. And we know a lot about this story. This is an epic story that has an appeal far beyond the church. It's an inspirational story. It's a story from which we get that phrase, giant killers, so that if Balamina United were to play Man City at the showgrounds, and somehow Balamina won, and Alistair's getting very excited down there at the thought of that. If Balamina managed to beat Manchester City, everybody would describe them forevermore as giant killers, and that's where the phrase comes from, because it's that story where the little guy wins over the big guy. But is that really what this story is all about? Is that the big lesson for us to learn today? 
Well, no. There's something that we need to be able to see today as we come to this passage. This is a passage that challenges us about whether we truly have confidence in God or not. We encounter all kinds of attitudes in this chapter, and the attitudes of the other people that we read about here make David stand out so much as someone who placed his full confidence in the Lord. And as such, David is a great example to live by, a great example for us to follow. But as we come to this passage, no wonder the Israelites, God's people, were so fearful. They had a big problem, literally a big problem, in Goliath. This giant soldier who was taunting them, who was saying, come on ahead, come on, I'll take all of you on. Who's going to fight me next? And if you look at, at the description of Goliath down in verses 4 to 6, no wonder he was so intimidating. We're told that he was over nine feet tall. He would have been a good basketball player as well as a, a soldier. So that David taking this huge man on is the ultimate example of God's strength being made perfect in someone's weakness. And you could say, as we meet with the Israelites, God's people, at the beginning of chapter 17, that they were in the right place at the right time, but with the totally wrong attitude. They were well positioned to attack the, the Philistines, but they were terrified because of Goliath and all of the threats that he was making. I wonder, can we see in the Israelites something of the church? Think about the church. Think about this congregation. We could say that we are in the right place at the right time. We're exactly where God wants us to be. As you go into your life this week as a believer in Christ, be sure that you're in the right place at the right time. You're exactly where the Lord has purposed you to be, even if it is tough. And we're called to be salt and light in this world of darkness. We're given a great message to bring to people, the gospel, the transformation that Jesus brings to lives. And yet maybe we, like the Israelites, have the wrong attitude. And when you look at the reactions of all of the other people in this story, they highlight one of the great dangers, maybe the greatest danger that the church faces today. And it's not a danger from outside. It's not external. It's not persecution or opposition as much as we're aware of some of that. This is inside. And it is cynicism. And in this chapter, we encounter a lot of cynicism. I want us really quickly to look at the three people in this story who, when they meet with David, say, David, you cannot be serious. The first of them is his eldest brother, Eliab. And you can see that the sibling rivalry and the tension, lots of us will identify with this and the way in which the conversation goes. Eliab seems to resent David arriving on the scene. And why he resents it is because what David says reminds Eliab of his own weakness. 
his own lack of confidence in the Lord, it exposes just how terrified the Israelite forces are. So that when David, if you look at verse 26, asks the obvious question, what are we going to do about this? What will, will be done for this man? Or what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine? How can this man defy the armies of the living God? And when he asks that question, the reaction of Eliab is really strong and unexpected because we're told in verse 28 that Eliab burned with anger. And he asks, why have you come down here, David? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? Do you like as we put down? You know, you're not really that important. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Why did he react in that way? That's what David wonders in verse 29. He says, now what have I done? Can't I even speak? And maybe you're wondering why Eliab reacted in the way that he did to these honest questions that David asked. Well, it's because David exposes him. His simple faith shows Eliab what he is lacking. For David, it's so clear. David's saying, look, if we are God's people and we're fighting God's battle, then why can't we take out Goliath in God's strength? And that's not just bravado. That's not just youthful confidence. It's not David saying, hey, look at me, look at what I can do. No, he's saying, look at what he can do. God can do this. And I reckon that Eliab teaches a big lesson for some of us here today. Maybe you are a Christian who has been long in the faith, an older Christian, a Christian for many years, and perhaps younger Christians their enthusiasm, their zeal for the Lord, their confidence in God's power to change things, it exposes the way in which your heart has become. Could it be that you have become cynical along the way? That yes, you have had a faith in Christ, but somewhere along the way you've lost that zeal, you've lost that confidence, you've moved away from the center of the life of this church. Maybe out to the sidelines, maybe even a sideline critic of what's going on. And it could be that for some people here today, you resent the way in which younger Christians are living out their lives because it actually exposes your lukewarm heart, that you've lost this zeal and this confidence in the Lord. Does your heart need to change? Don't be an Eliab. But then the second person who says you cannot be serious to David is King Saul himself. And if Eliab is skeptical about David's motives, then Saul is skeptical about David's ability to do anything. He says, look, hold on, you're too young. You're only a boy. Have you seen this guy? There's no way that you can beat him. But listen to what David 
says to King Saul. And remember, he's standing before the king. That in itself would have been pretty intimidating. But he says in verse 32, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And that's not boasting our naivety. Again, it is a confidence in the Lord, a conviction that God will stand with His chosen people and will give them the victory. But Saul's response is a very measured response. Look at what he says in verse 33, and he points out sensible things. He says, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. And you know what? That is a rational response. When you look at that, that seems like a sensible response, but be sure of this, it is completely wrong. Because Saul himself had become cynical. Remember that Saul has now the kingship removed from him because of his disobedient heart. He had lost sight of what the Lord can do. He'd lost his confidence in the Lord. And could that be the case with you? That somewhere along the way, cynicism has crept in and that for you, confidence in God has actually given way to confidence in people. One thing's for sure, the church, our church, needs a lot more Davids than Saul's. Not people who are just simply saying sensible and rational things, but people who have a real confidence in God's power to do amazing things. And what was the basis of David's confidence? Well, it was his experience of God at work in his life. Look at verse 37, when he's telling about his adventures as a shepherd boy, and he says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And this is such an important thing, David realizes and is declaring what is true of God in the past will be true of God again. And what a thing for us to hear today. In a church, a congregation that was right at the heart of revival in the past, that what is true of God in the past will be true of God again. And yet even then, Saul still tries to rationalize things. Well, okay, you can go and fight him, but make sure you put all of my armor on. We can be sensible. We can sound reasonable. But we can be totally cynical and lacking in any real belief in what God can do. And then finally, and very quickly, this cynicism was ultimately seen in Goliath and the sheer contempt that he had for the Lord and his people, so that when David came out to fight him in God's strength, he laughs in David's face. He looks down at him across the valley, and he says, you cannot be serious. But his biggest reaction to David is one of hatred, 
verse 42, we're told that he despised him. He looked on this boy coming from the, the Lord's forces, and he despised him. And there are many Goliaths in our society today, many Goliaths around us in our community. I'm going to say something that may sound shocking. There could even be Goliaths here in this building at this service today. People who are powerful by the standards of this world, who in their field or in their area stand head and shoulders above others, who are arrogant and think that they're completely in charge and in control, and who maybe even despise God's people because deep down they despise God Himself, so that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, it's an affront to them. They hate being told that they can't save themselves, that they need God's help, they need to find salvation in Christ. And their attitude is, well, look, I'll look after myself, but such people are only one pebble away from crashing to the ground in a heap, whatever their downfall might be. And I want to say to you as we finish today, as we look at this story, it would be bad if you saw yourself as an Eliab or a Saul, if you recognized something of yourself in them. But honestly, it would be truly awful if you recognize that you're a Goliath, if you realize that you're so consumed by the power of this world that actually you despise believers in Christ because you think that they're weak. And if that's the case, no matter how much I tell you to change your ways, you'll not be able to do that yourself. Only God can change your heart, and He is willing to do that. He gave His Son to the point of sacrifice on the cross so that that can happen in your life, that that change of heart can be a reality, and turn to Jesus while He is near. Think about the last words that Goliath ever heard. When David says to him in verse 47, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. David showed confidence in God, not cynicism. He had trust in the Lord, not contempt for Him. And I wonder, how will it be for you? Is there a lack of confidence in God? Are you an Eliab? Is there a world-weary cynicism where you've been through some knocks in your life and it's taken your focus off the Lord like Saul? Or is there even open hostility towards God and His people and the gospel like Goliath? Or will your heart be changed through Christ so that you would go from this place today with a new or a renewed heart. And so like David, you would say, as I go from here, I'll go 
in the strength of the Lord. May it be so. Amen.